Hi, this is Pastor Curtis Crawford welcoming you to our podcast. At Revive Outreach Church, we're striving to revive an awareness of Christ in our communities through Christ-centered compassion, service, and evangelism. You can learn more about us online at www.reviveoc.org or on Facebook at facebook.com slash church. We hope that you enjoy this message, and God bless. This is the story of a ragtag bunch of church members who set out to perform a Christmas play and the director who tried his hardest to just keep it all together. The Glory of Christmas. My name's Joseph, and in the Christmas nativity play, The Glory of Christmas, I play Joseph. That's right. I was born to play this role. Joseph has no clue what to do when it comes to babies. So, in order for him to play the role of Joseph, we got him an infant simulator doll from the local home act teacher. So, you know, he could practice a bit. It's an insane shrieks of baby. It's a burp. It's a burp? Oh, so, put your fingers under and try to find the. Where's the spine on this thing? I don't know. Check the front. Joseph is terrified. I don't blame it. Babies don't even have kneecaps. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Burping like a boss? Uh, yeah, way to go, fake dad. I heard things may not be going so well with the infant simulator doll. Hey, Joseph, your mom's here to pick you up. Yeah, coming. As you can see, my mom's house is full of antiques. So I did what any good home economics teacher would do. I sent Joseph home with a a baby egg. I think about Joseph, like Bible Joseph, a lot. What it would have been like for him to have an angel come and tell him that his wife is pregnant with God's child. Ha! Like he would have had to really dig deep find his his compassion and his understanding because he really really loved her my dear mary it is going to be a long journey from nazareth to bethlehem for the census especially with your belly being so humongous. With, with, with with child joseph the line is being with child <sighs> right sorry ma'am is the age difference what's bothering you I want you to know, it doesn't bother me. Okay, please, people, let's just take it from the top. I understand that Joseph is radically underqualified for all he's about to encounter. But isn't that the type of people God uses? The most unlikely folks to do the biggest things? Yeah. (laughs) Seems like those are the ones he always picks. Because he's a God that'll never give up on us. Ha! Ha! Yes! Ha! We need to get. I have swaddled. Ha! Ha! All right. This morning, we're going to continue our series on the glory of Christmas. Last week, we looked at Mary, and we looked at being carried by the Good Shepherd. 
Uh, and this week we're going to look at Joseph, and we're going to look at precedence. We're going to look at precedence. God's precedence that he's established, uh, really from uh, throughout the Old Testament and then also throughout the New Testament, uh, precedence that God established that are important to you and I, one, one in particular that's important to you and I. The precedent that I want to talk about today is that God chooses the most unlikely candidates to do great things for him. Amen. He chooses the least likely, he chooses the weak, he chooses the hurting, he chooses the broken, he chooses those who we would consider to be the least capable in our human understanding to accomplish his greatest purposes. Joseph was just a regular dude. He was just a guy who God picked to be the father, the earthly father, of his son. A lot of focus is on Mary during this time, as it should be. Mary carried God's son, but Joseph also had something very important that he had to do. He was going to be the earthly father of Christ, and he wasn't ready for that. He wasn't ready to be the father. He wasn't ready uh, and, and, and to accept the responsibility, the things that God was going to ask of him, because God was going to ask of him some tough things, some tough things. Even after Christ is born and he's gone through the tough decisions with Mary, Joseph is being asked by God to get up his family and flee to Egypt. Amen. Right? God has asked Joseph to do some very tough things, some things that I'm sure Joseph never <laughs> expected to have to be asked of him because he was just a humble carpenter. He was just a blue-collar guy making ends meet, ready to get married, in the eyes of the world, he was nothing special. At this time, your elites were the religious leaders, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the lawyers, the scribes, the teachers. Those were the people that you would have expected that God maybe would have used to be the earthly father of the Son of God. Uh, the people that were schooled in his word, right? The lawyers and the elites of, the, of, of their society. But instead, God chose a carpenter to be the father of his son, to be the earthly father of Christ. Because God uses the precedent that he established in the Old Testament, which is to use what the world seems foolish to confound the wise. Amen. Look with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 26 says, Brothers and sisters, consider your calling. Not many were wise from a human perspective, not many powerful, not many of noble birth. Instead, God has chosen what is foolish in the world to shame the wise, and God has chosen what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God has chosen what is insignificant and despised in the world, what is viewed as nothing, to bring to nothing what is viewed as something, so that no one may boast in his presence. It is from him that you are in Christ Jesus, who became wisdom from God, for us, our righteousness, sanctification, and redemption, in order that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. God emphatically uses what the world deems unusable. 
for one reason and one reason only. To bring him glory. Amen. God uses those who can't boast in themselves about their own talents and their own abilities and their own awesome wisdom and understanding and their own awesome intelligence. He chooses those who have to rely on him. Who have to depend upon him. Why? Because when we depend upon him and God does something mighty, he gets the glory, the honor, and he gets the praise. And the Bible is filled the Old Testament is filled up to the point of Joseph with men and women that God used that were not qualified by the world's standard. Amen. He used a guy named Abraham in the book of Genesis. Now Abraham was declared righteous. Uh, it says in the book of Romans, he believed God and he was declared righteous. He was a righteous because he had faith that God would do what he said he would do. But guess what? Even though Abraham was declared righteous by God because of his faith, he still made mistakes. By the world's standards, who was he to be the father of the nation of Israel? He lied twice and got his wife and said she was his sister and she ended up being taken by other men. And God had to rescue her. He lost patience and gave in to the persistence of his wife nagging him. And he lost patience. And so he slept with his wife's partner or his wife's maidservant. Amen. Because he lost patience. And for a moment his faith wavered. And he gave in uh, to the persistence of his wife. He made mistakes. And by the world standard too. What made him worthy? Well, God called him, and that's what made him worthy. Yeah. Amen. God called Abraham. Abraham believed him, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. So even though he would make mistakes, and even though he would lie, and even though he would step out of God's will trying to force things on his own, God still kept Abraham in the palm of his hand. And even though those mistakes were made, God still used him so that in his old age, he became the father of Isaac, who would then, the promise would be fulfilled that he would be the father of many nations. In his old age, and in Sarah's old age, a miracle was performed. Why? So that they couldn't get the credit. Only God could get the glory. Only God could get the glory because it was a miracle from God that she was found to be with child to begin with. That Sarah was found to be with child in both of their ages. They were far beyond childbearing age. Let alone raising a child to his adulthood. Amen. Yet God used Abraham, an unlikely hero. God used Jacob. Jacob was a flawed man. Jacob was a conniver and a schemer. His name means usurper. He usurped the birthright of, of, of his brother Esau. And he stole the blessing of his brother Esau. And he spent time running from God and being a swindler and having the, you know, moments of faith and then moments of fear. Moments of faith and moments of not trusting God. Moments of rebelliousness, even though God was going to use him to build the nation of Israel. Amen. He was just a man who was broken. A man who, in the eyes of the world, was broken and in today's society would be considered unfit. Amen. 
But yet God used him anyway. Because when the time came, God received the glory when Jacob was used. Mm -hmm. God received the glory. We read about a man named Joseph. Now, now a whole lot negative could be said about Joseph because Joseph is kind of your go-to guy in the Old Testament of what he had to endure. But Joseph wasn't always the humble person that he became before he became the, the leader of Egypt, essentially, the second-hand man of Pharaoh. No, Joseph had pride in his heart, and he was a little bit arrogant. It wasn't all his fault. His dad led into that arrogance by treating him like he was the favorite, by giving him a special coat that was made just for him, by treating him differently than he treated all the other brothers. God, uh, it was jealousy ensued, and Joseph, he bought into that, which is why when he had the dream, he had no problem sharing the dream that his dad bowed down to him, and his brothers worshipped him. He had no problem sharing that dream because he was prideful. And he was arrogant. And he had bought into his own press. Someone that you wouldn't think God would be able to use because of the pride. But God took a man that should not have been usable and broke his pride down and rebuilt him. Amen. So that God got the glory. Amen. He took a man who was resented by his brothers and hated by his brothers because of his attitude and because of the way the father Jacob treated him uh, different from his, his siblings. He took a man of pride and arrogance who was hated by his brothers and then ultimately broke him down and rebuilt him from the bottom up. You have Moses. Moses who bought his own press. He was prideful and arrogant. He was saved because his mother put him in a basket in the bulrushes uh, when the Pharaoh was killing all of the Egyptian boys. The midwives were supposed to be killing them. They were not to be born. And when Moses was born, his mama defied Pharaoh and put uh, Moses in a basket and put him on the water, hoping that God would provide for him, protect him. It just so happened that Moses was found by Pharaoh's daughter, and she took him, knowing full well that he was an Israelite child. She brought him into her home and raised him like, she, like he was her own. And Moses began to buy into his own press. We know that he began to feel mighty because when the time came, he killed a soldier. He raised his hands, his hand against a soldier of Egypt. And so he was prideful and he was arrogant. And on top of all of that, he was also a stutterer. He had disability. And it was, it was difficult for him to speak. And when he thought he was raising up to help his people, it turned out he stepped out of God's will and he was ran out of town for 40 years. And when God showed up on the scene 40 years later, when Moses was 80 years old and said, Moses, I want to use you, Moses said, you can't use me. He was afraid and he used the stuttering as an excuse. I can't speak right. I stutter. I can't be your mouthpiece. And so God took away that excuse. He said, well, your brother Aaron will speak. I just want you to do. And Moses still made excuses until God proved uh, through showing him signs. And then Moses finally went 
to Pharaoh. A weak man, a man who had been broken down, a man who had tried to step up outside of his time, a man who was prideful at one point, who was now beat down in a shepherd on the backside of the desert, right? And yet God still called to him from a burning bush to use him, a person who wasn't qualified. Rahab, the prostitute. Rahab was a prostitute in the city of Jericho. Someone who was looked down upon in society. While she was used, she was still despised. It's really quite the travesty. In her harem, she had a little setup until the spies came from Israel to spy out Jericho. And they went to hide in Rahab's home. And she hid them. Why? Because she feared God. The Bible says that she told them that all of Jericho was afraid because of their God. And she made a choice at that moment in time to serve God and not Jericho. And someone completely unqualified hid the spies, the two spies, so they would not be found. So they could return and report back to Joshua. Someone completely unusable. Do you know that Rahab ultimately married an Israelite? And did you know that Rahab ultimately is in the lineage of Jesus Christ? He sure, or she sure is. Someone that the world despised and used and rejected. Someone that was, that was used and looked down upon. God used to deliver his people to deliver the city of Jericho into the hands of the Israelites and then blessed her by allowing Christ to be born in that lineage. That's amazing to me. You have King David, probably one of the best examples of all. David, who was a broken man. David, who allowed his power to go to his head. David, who committed adultery and then committed murder. This man, God said, was a man after my own heart. Yet God did not disqualify him because of his sin. God still had mercy upon him so that he got the glory. That God got the glory, not man. And that's why Jesus was born in Bethlehem, known as the city of David. And while he was, why he was born in the lineage of David. Because what the world would have deemed broken and unusable, God puts back together and uses it. Now, he suffered consequences for his behavior. Grave consequences. Rebellion from his children. Horrible consequences for what he did. But God still used him and used his family to be in the lineage of Christ. All of these individuals who were broken, all of these individuals that the world would have deemed unusable, God used and changed their lives. Joseph was, in many ways, unqualified for the job that God had for him. He was not ready to do the things that God had for him to do. Not only was he going to be a father before he was ready to be a father, before he was even married properly, but God was going to ask him to do things that were going to be hard for him to make the decision to do. Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, 
verses 18 through 25. Matthew chapter 18 tells us that, or chapter 1, starting with verse 18, tells us that Joseph was a just man. He was a good man. He was a righteous man. A man of good reputation, a man of integrity, and a man of character. But he was still just a man. Just a humble, blue-collar carpenter who God was going to ask to do some really crazy things. And Joseph had a choice whether to be used by God or whether to not be used by God. The birth of Jesus Christ came about this way after his mother Mary had been engaged to Joseph it was discovered before they came together that she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. So her husband Joseph, being a righteous man and not wanting to disgrace her publicly, decided to divorce her secretly. But after he considered these things, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, don't be afraid to take Mary as your wife, because what has been conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit, and she will give birth to a son, and you are to name him Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And now all this took place to fulfill what was spoken by the Lord through the prophet. See, the virgin will become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the Lord's uh, angel had commanded him. He married her, but did not have sexual relations with her until she gave birth to a son, and he named him Jesus. God asked Joseph to do some things that I, I think if God were to ask us to do something similar, it would be very difficult for us to do. He asked him, one, to take a chance and the judgment of the people around him. Jo Joseph was a righteous man of integrity and character. His wife now was pregnant outside of wedlock. How did that reflect upon him? It wasn't his child, but nobody else knew that. And if he said it wasn't his child, then that reflected poorly on Mary. Mary. And because he was a righteous man, he, the Bible says that he wasn't going to put Mary in that situation. So even though he wasn't going to marry her, he was going to silently, without everyone watching, so no one else would know, only the family would know, he would end their courtship and their engagement and let her silently go and never bring light to the situation whatsoever. Why? Because he was a good man. Now, if I found out my wife, or, or my girlfriend, who I was engaged to, was going to be my wife, was pregnant with somebody else's baby, I would struggle with that. To put it lightly. Right? And then she still wanted to marry me? I don't think so. That's not my kid. Right? It would be tough. You were on all the implications of unfaithfulness and all the uh, implications that go along with that and all the strife that, that would put upon a marriage and everything. And so Joseph, even before God spoke to him, Joseph was going to do right by Mary. That's how you know he was a good dude. But then God spoke to him and he said, Joseph, the baby that's in her is from God. The Holy Spirit conceived the baby inside of her. So what I need you to do, buddy, is go ahead and marry. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. Don't worry about what anybody else is going to have to say. Don't worry about the looks that you're going to receive. Don't worry about any of those things. Take her as your wife because what is inside her is from God. The child that's in her is from God and not from man. 
So Joseph now had to make a decision. God, I am not qualified to do this. In fact, there was probably a part of him that did not want to have to deal with it. He was going to be questioned. He was going to be looked down upon. His character and his integrity was going to come into question. How in the world do you tell some people that the baby that's in your pre-wife is uh, not yours and not somebody else's, but it belongs to God? They're going to think you're crazy. You know how judgmental people are. But yet yet Joseph chose to be obedient to God. And while I'm sure that he was afraid and he was unqualified, he was obedient to God anyways. He was obedient to God despite what he saw with his eyes. Joseph, again, after Christ is born, he finds himself in uh, uh, comfortable, set up, you know, doing good with, with Jesus and Mary. He's, you know, Jesus is a toddler by this time. And God appears to Joseph in a dream and tells him, you got to flee, pick up everything and run to Egypt. Again, something that he would not have been prepared to do. Something that he would not have been prepared as a man to do to just pick up his family from where they were at, where he probably had his business going as a carpenter. He had roots there. They had been there for a couple years. You don't live somewhere with a couple years without putting some kind of roots down to build a business. You know, he was a, he, he was a carpenter by trade. But yet he abandoned it all because God told him to. His faith in God qualified him to be used by God despite everything else, despite that he wasn't well-educated. He was not considered among the elite. He was not considered to be the best of the best of society. Even if that was uh, a misrepresentation, the society had a misrepresentation of what, what he was by society standards, he was not qualified to be God's son or the father of God's son. But God chose him. And when God chose him, God gave him the strength and the ability to be everything that Jesus needed and Mary needed. Mm -hmm. To be the support, to love her, to be with her regardless, to support her no matter what, to love Jesus as his own son, to take care of him and support him, to be obedient to God when God suddenly out of nowhere asked him to do something. God qualified him even though in all aspects he was unqualified. The quote from the video today that I like the most is when he's talking about Joseph in the in the story in the place that I understand that Joseph is radically unqualified or underqualified for all he is about to encounter, but isn't that the type of people God uses? The most unlikely folk to do the biggest things. The most unlikely folks to do the biggest things. So this morning, what is it that God has placed upon or burdened your heart to do that you're afraid to step out in? In Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, God told Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. What is your do not be afraid to statement today? Do not be afraid to what? 
If God was to speak to your heart today, if God was to move upon your heart today, and he was to tell you, don't be afraid, but step out. Don't be afraid, but do. What would that thing be? What is it that you have been putting off because you feel unqualified? Because you feel like you can't be used by God, that your past disqualifies you, that decisions have disqualified you. Whatever the case may be, something has disqualified you, and so therefore you are afraid to step out of what God has for you to do. Maybe it's simply just to trust him. Don't be afraid to trust me. You're forgiven. I love you. I called you. I don't care about what you used to be and what you used to do. I care about you now. Amen. Who you are now. Who I'm making you to be. Maybe it's something he's called you to do. Whatever the case may be, what will be your answer? Will you be like Joseph and say, yes, God, and do what God asks you to do? Or will you continue and I continue to be afraid and not walk in the purpose that God has for us? That's the question for us this morning. Amen. God set precedent. That precedent being he uses the most unlikely of people to accomplish some of his greatest purposes. So today, are you willing to trust him regardless? That's the question. Let us stand. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you enjoyed it and were blessed by it. Each month, we have people from all over the world who listen to the messages made available. If you've been blessed by this ministry, would you consider making a donation of any amount to help support us as we continue to reach a loss for Christ? Donations can be made online at www.reviveoc.org or by check at Revive Outreach Church, 411 Chatham Heights Road, Suite 101, Fredericksburg, Virginia, 22405. Thank you for your prayers and your continued support. May God richly bless you.